What are you doing, Pete? <laughs> You're playing with bells. I do what I want. You don't own my soul. <laughs> I'm working on it, though. <laughs> you really are. Yeah, it's a stretch goal this on is Patreon. Poison, poison yeah. Sprite and garlic chips. In fact, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Poison Maybe we should sell chips. you on Patreon. You could. We won't sell you on the you know the one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, but we'll have it as a like a if we make five thousand a month that goal thing. I will then do a special dance. You. All oh, right. Okay. Well. All right. Own a dance guys. or they own you. It's I six don't. One, half dozen the other. I have a strict bedtime. Number uh-huh. one and number two. I do not sweep. Well, that goes with. I do saying. not sweep. I've, I can vacuum. I do not sweep. Patreon forward slash. Lousy San Francisco podcast. The following is a production of S.K. Morton Creative. Places, please. Quiet down. And here we go. And roll camera. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to S.K. Morton's Lousy San Francisco Podcast. We've had enough. Go ahead and leave if you want to. I'm sorry, baby. You know we didn't mean it. Tonight, S.K. welcomes... Ray Romano, Will Arnett, James Spader, and even Warren Buffett disappoints. And now, he's the epitome of negligence under pressure, S.K. Morton. Huh? Huh? Am I good with the timing? Pretty good. Okay. Now, you know you have a microphone. I do. Okay, good. You can get right in there. All right. How close? Oh, that's perfect. That's good. I'll turn you up just in case. Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to get right to it because um, while Pete did the intro for us, Pete is not here tonight. He's gigging. He's gigging hard. I'm looking right at you. <laughs> so uh, so what we're going to do, we're just going to get right into the intros that I do, my role. Have you heard my role before? You've heard it. How do you feel about my role? Uh, pretty good. Okay, good. We're going to greet... Huh? Can I see the script? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Greetings, adoring throng... That's you guys. Welcome to SK Morton's Lousy San Francisco Podcast, Another Night in the Bomb Shelter. It's amazing how she can't get back to me right away because all she's ever is on the phone. But hey, you coming? I'll let you know next week. Yeah. See? So they heckle. <laughs> um, let's welcome our senior member of the team, the sound engineer and producer of Upmo Chattaquitchalance, Squidge McSqueezy. Squids, there's some flapping and a thing and a ha ha. All right. And our guest, he's an urban explorer. Is that fair to say you're an urban explorer? Uh, at times. Okay. All right, this is going to be a fun one. How about Cave Paparazzi? Cave Paparazzi. I, I came up with that one on my own. You can keep it. Okay. All right. How about this? You're an expert on Muni's underground tunnels. A few of them. Yeah. He's almost certainly been in more BART stations than their janitors. <laughs> and I may cut, I'll cut this out if you want me to. He is the man who single-handedly took down North Face's advertising department. You okay with that? There were a couple more of us. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome, I'm going to press the applause button, Ryan Scherer. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you didn't clap for yourself. That's very modest. He's just smi- he's smiling. That's what he's doing. Okay, so Ryan, we're going to get into. Now, I tried to formulate the show with the regular format, but still take keeping you in mind. Mm-hmm. So even on our updates, I've got something that you might find interesting. 
But in the meantime, how do you describe what you do? So um, in terms of urban exploration, it's not what I do all the time. But mm -hmm. when I'm doing it, uh, I'd say that a majority of it would be like a community-based uh, exploration to try and break down certain like fears or um, like nervous aspects. For yourself? Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, it's uh, becoming more comfortable, like, I guess, with who you are helps um, by doing this. It just breaks down a lot of boundaries for you um, while going out and taking some, you know, amazing photos in some places yeah. that very few, um, you know, citizens have been. Right. Well, people who obey the law, you mean? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, no, we'll get into that more. So that's that's what we're, we've got here tonight. That is the theme tonight is going to be these um, abandoned, underground, oh, way overground, uh, just like you're saying, sites, phot photography, and exploration of things that you don't get to normally see in an urban environment. Exactly. Is that pretty good? Yeah. You can keep that one, too. It's going in my Instagram bio. All right, there you go. So, but in the meantime, we have our email updates. So uh, let's do this. We're, we continue to get emails. Not a lot. Do you care? I care. Okay, maybe you could answer some for me. I'm pretty good. Okay. I answer a lot of emails at work. Dear SK, what's the deal with that guy? No, well, this one is actually from the Patreon. He is, are you familiar with Patreon? No. Okay, Patreon is like Kickstarter, except it takes your money every month. It just never stops. Huh? Sound like a good idea? Apple Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. Um, so what it is, is it's uh, people can donate to the show. And since the show is free, we want to give them something a little extra. And so we just started this year. We've got a new podcast that we're doing called Lousy After Dark. And it's got a completely different format. It's a little bit shorter of a show. It runs around 20 to 25 minutes. And it's not necessarily a San Francisco topic. They're mostly just Pete getting upset about other musicians. That's pretty much what it comes down to. But it's a good show. Um, what we have is, for, so the Patreon, here's a guy who who donated. He's donated the most so far. And so he feels he can tell me what to do. And he this is how he refers to me. Greetings, damned souls. That's... <laughs> He says, we have to focus. There's another thing you need to know about this. So if you uh, donate to Patreon, you become an actual numbered throng member. You get a decoder card. Now, look at that. That's been, don't look at it too long. How's your memory on things? Not very good. But Okay, good. So that's pretty good. I mean, I get these symbols. And I, I did all the encryption stuff myself. So to get to that on the website, you go to skmorton.com, you go on the throng strong page, and you have to type in this to get to the page that has the... Uh, Lousy After Dark podcast. It's got ringtones. Do you guys still do ringtones? Do you put ringtones on your phone? Uh, I don't personally. No, I, I don't think anyone does. Although, you'll well, you know what? There's a segue. Let's see what the Patreon has to say. He writes, Greeting damn souls. We have defeated your encryption, protecting Lousy After Dark, and obtained its contents. You will make no further attempts to prevent our access. Coco's laughs are now our ringtone. So we have a ringtone. That has Coco Bear's laughs. And here's what I'm going to do for you guys. If you want to hear it, I'll let you hear it. But so this is this could be a ringtone here. Let me, let me, where would I find it? Where do if I If you decode it? the Zodiac message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could have, you could be a member and have the decoder card. And then you don't need to go through all of that. So here's the ringtone that, the, that apparently the Patreon has downloaded. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> 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 
It'd be pretty good to be in a coffee shop and have that go off. <laughs> get some good looks. Uh, very good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what what the Patreon told me is that he <laughs> he says the problem is you never want to answer the phone because you're waiting for Coco to do that last thing that so, hey, I'm pretty good. That wasn't looped at all? That was one continuous laugh? As far as you know. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have the throng in the studio now, did you know? Because after Coco Bear left the show, we had to figure out how are we going to have happiness. Because I wasn't going to bring it, clearly. And so we thought we'd bring in the audience and hopefully they'll be happy. So anyway, he says uh, that's Coco's laugh is now his ringtone. So I just wanted to say that because, hey... You can go to Patreon, and uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can have the Cocoa Bear ringtone and the Lousy After Dark, which I have to say I'm pretty proud of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So sign up. You going to sign up? Yeah. Are you? Okay, let me yeah. get that. And me... he still doesn't get to I have Square. We can do it right now. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Look, I'm always closing. I want the knife set. On April 14th, this is everyone, so I also do a tour, you know. A tour of San Francisco. A walking tour, as, as it were. In fact, that's what it's called. Do you like me? Yeah. Okay, good. Having a good time. <laughs> anyway, so here's what we got. And if you want to get down on this, you're a guest of the show. You get free tickets for this. But we would try, like, kind of like to build this up because we have a small group for April 14th. It's a double leg. We have three legs. We have the downtown leg. We have the Chinatown leg. And we have the Yerba Buena leg. This will be a Chinatown and Yerba Buena leg. And... Um, what we're going to do for regular people, uh, we're going to give two, two legs for the price of one if they want to join the tour. Um, so what we're going to do is give a, a name that, that we can use as a, they type in the code. And I thought it would be fun if we came up with, you know, as, as a group, those of us here in the bomb shelter tonight. So what do you think we should call, we, we should have as a, as a coupon code word to get the half off or get the two, for, two legs for one? Anyone got an idea? I'm seeing chocolate people over here on the board. Uh huh. Like you want to throw some one. chocolate people in there? Have fun with the racial innuendos that you're going to Oh, wow. You know, they're a mixed race couple. And you just made a comment about no, that. Just, oh, my I'm goodness. Just saying, have fun with people. What are you going to do when Babette comes in? <gasps> oh, no. A black lady. Watch out. Oh, yeah, she's black. Are you okay with that? I won't be the only black person. All right. Oh, okay. No, what day did I say it was? April 14th. Mm-hmm. It'll start at 12 o'clock. At the Hotel Triton, legs two and three. Yeah, and well, let's make chocolate people. The the, the thing I like chocolate that, people. chocolate people, and you'll get how ha- you get both legs for just one price. And you know what? This one is actually going to be very special. It's going to be two tickets, two legs, one price. So yeah, this this is how it works. You put in chocolate people, you're going to get two tickets for the price of one ticket. And you will get two legs out of it. So you show up at noon, we do Chinatown, have a little cookie, have a little tea, depending on who's all in the group. Maybe we even go to Lipo and have a Mai Tai. Then, oh, then there are, they'll come stumbling in. And then, then you, we just, we go to Portsmouth Square, we don't stop. We just keep going and we do all the way to, we get, till we get to uh, the foot of North Beach. What's that sound? Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. I need more energy from you here. <laughs> yeah, I need excitement. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Breaking a law for him to be I know. It's like he's Ryan Gosling or something. 
No? You guys like Ryan Gosling, I guess. Okay, so anyway, that's what we got going. We've got uh, April 14th. If you'd like to do two legs, if you use Chocolate People, you'll be able to get two tickets out of it for the price of one leg, one ticket. Um, otherwise, we'll, we'll uh, let everyone pay the full price. Now... <laughs> Okay, so here we are. We're at updates. Those were the emails and the, and the trying to push my my tour and my podcast and everything. But this is this is when I said I was tailoring things to you. Mm. I didn't say tailoring because I couldn't think of that word at the time. But now <laughs> I'm remembering what I was trying to say. I tailored the email to updates to you. Did you hear about the three people who base jumped off the top of the hill? I did. Yeah. yeah. Do you know them? I do not. Be honest. I do not know you these people. Filthy liar. You know. Them, don't you? <laughs> Have you ever done something like that? Uh, I've been up on that rooftop, but oh, I have, have not. I've not jumped off of it yet. Yet? <laughs> do you do that kind of stuff? Do you do you base jump or um, skydive? I, I haven't yet, glide? but I no. do uh, at some point in my life like want to get into you know base jumping. Part of the wanting to overcome your fears thing. Yeah, I think it's extremely mm-hmm. frightening. Yeah, yeah. Also, have you tried catching bullets with your teeth? I have not yet. <laughs> no, because I'm sure that would yeah. give you quite a thrill. Yeah, I'm it's possible. Teasing. Okay, so, well, as we know, they jumped off, they got arrested, because they say that it was because they tripped some alarms. But the fact of the matter is, they did it a block from the Tenderloin Police mm-hmm. police Station. So, and since the police don't have any interest in arresting the people they're smoking crack across the street from the police station, they were probably looking up, saw them jump. Now, what's interesting is the girl got away. Huh? What One does that say about Trump's America? Yeah, there were three of them. The two guys, the two guys got caught. The girl got away, and they're not—they're not talking. Woo-hoo. Huh? Right on. Yeah. So that's kind of chivalrous, right? Very. They're not going to turn her in. They don't, of course, because if you listen to the show, you know how much I hate the reporting of San Francisco newspapers and television stations. They didn't explain why they weren't able to get her if she did like a Rocky Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, flew somewhere else, landed, and oh, that was like a like a James Bond kind of thing. You know, she comes down, puts the feet out, she's running as she hits, undoes the the, the gear, and just takes off. Yeah, just leaves a couple thousand dollar parachute on the ground. There you go. That would be well. She knows it's going to get picked up. The police are going to pick it up. Yeah. Then the guys will get it back, and the whole thing works out great. So you would think they know who she is too, because they on their Facebook page they put the uh gopro cameras and they do so all they have to do is look at the old ones and see who was involved that's probably what they'll do huh it's possible i don't think they will see i just pulled you in there huh see what i did Mm -hmm. i cut your feet right out from under you i threw you under the bus more metaphors please nothing okay so here's what i'm saying (laughs) i only bring this up because in daily city um an uber guy got beat up he had went to pick some people up at the uh the big movie theater down there on, on mm-hmm. Junipero Serra, I think it is, or whatever. AMC? Yeah, the big AMC. Oh, down, or the New to the Century Theater down there. It said they were only picking up two, but there were three. Three of them get in the car. He says, I can't. I got someone else to pick up or however he had to do. So he says, you got to get out of the car. He gets out of the car to open the door. The guy who sat in the front seat gets up and just starts beating him up. Now, here's what gets me about this. The police, at least as of tonight, and it's been over a week since this happened, never called Uber and said, hey, who were the people that took this ride? Really? Yeah. And secondly, and Uber hasn't said, hey, sorry you got beat up. These are the people who did it. Uber doesn't cooperate with anything. No. They don't give you any information. Mm. Yeah. Nope. So, but, if, but even so, the police could say, hey, we need to, we, you know, get a judge, say we need to see who yeah. took this ride. It's not a freedom of speech thing, right? Uh, but the police didn't do that. So now I'm thinking they're not going to find out who the girl is who jumped off the roof there because she probably was cute. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. Oh, oh, are you one of those? No way, is she? She lives for Uber. Anyway, <laughs> so the other thing is, then they get caught. One of the guys, he blows a kiss to the camera, and then now they don't want, they, they, their names got out, but they didn't want them to get out. They said, and this is why I thought maybe you would know something about this. I'm finally getting around to my point now. Maybe. The one guy's name was Brandon Weinstein. He lives in San Francisco. He was the one who said after he had blown the kiss to the camera, when he gets out, he says, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want my name to be out there or anything. He says, because an interview with the media would put him at risk. What do you think he means? No idea. You're not helping me. I think you know, and I think you're protecting Brandon. Brandon. See, you knew the name. Brandon (laughs) Weinstein. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my lie detector thing. I'm going to give you the other guy's name and see how you act. Joshua. He's, He's mouthing it with me. Glowback. <laughs> you know Joshua Glowback, don't you? I do not know either of these people. Oh, boy. I never knew them. I'd like to know them. Well, you should get a hold of them. They have a Facebook thing. Tell them you got the girl. Oh. Yeah, and you'll, and you'll trade. You'll make a trade for an autographed parachute. Are we still talking about these guys or the police? Either way. <laughs> yeah. Either way. I need you to get arrested so I can say, hey, that was, that was a guy I had on the show. See? Not planning on it, but. All right. Well, you, I know you're not planning on it, but wait till the show's over. Um, are you taking your usual route home? Um, not anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I, I found that curious that they said that they would be, it would put them at risk. I didn't know what type of risk. And I thought maybe there's, is there a community of urban adventure, thrill seeker people like that? It was definitely uh, more of a community back when Instagram was um, sort of like becoming more of a thing when it was uh and now having more of like social outreach. Um, so back, I'd say about three years ago, there started to actually be like Insta meets where people would go and like meet up with other photographers. Uh-huh. And through that, it kind of created a community where people were meeting new people and going out and exploring these types of places together. Um, so in that aspect, yes, but it's definitely fallen off quite a bit. Because, because Instagram isn't cool anymore? Um, partially that. And uh, I mean, certain people definitely have gotten like arrested or tickets and uh. they're just not willing to go into certain places. Was the flask mob one of that type of thing? Uh, it was really, really popular. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it just kind of like lived and died in San Francisco a yeah. little bit. We still are trying to host at least one more because mm-hmm. um, we just passed uh, the three-year anniversary last November. So we're just trying to have like one send-off for it. And then you won't do it anymore? No. You're getting too old. Uh, a lot of fines two, and three. stuff. Oh, oh it's, so stuff did ha- happen. Yeah. Oh, can you talk about it? Um, I, like when the fines were coming out, like when we were getting those, I wasn't actually a part of the crew. So like, I don't know all the details, but, um, I definitely know that there were like decent amount of fines that would come in for certain things that happened during the meets. Wow. Were you there for the one, uh, they started at Telegraph Hill and ended up at the Montgomery Barge station? Yeah, I was there at most of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll get more out of you. I'm keep feed pouring that coffee down your throat and by the end of the night I'll have you whistling Dixie (laughs) do you know Dixie I do not okay all right enough of that mess that was our updates which was just really filler anyway you feel like you're in the in the swing of things now you feeling comfortable yeah definitely can you put your pants back on then yeah I'll try (laughs) all right okay so let's uh let's get on to well actually we have a little bit of a sponsor to do and then we'll get on to talking about you. We're going to take the rest of the night. It's all about you, baby. Cool. Wow, he's kind of conceited. So, Ryan, what was it like when you met your wife? 
<laughs> you, you have a you have a you have a lady? Uh, I do not. No. Okay. Then so we can say all sorts of things that are misogynistic and anti-feminist and everything. No, we can't. <sighs> Having this live audience really puts a damper. It puts a damper. That's what the young kids are saying these days, right? It's a damper. <laughs> Very well, good anyway, Have you ever heard of Bridal Fitness Coach? I have not. Why would you? I mean, not a lot of brides have heard of it. Although, she's very popular with the people who know her. She's very busy, as a matter of fact. Bridal Fitness Coach, that's a fitness coach that coaches brides. It would make sense, right? You wouldn't think she was grooming dogs if it's <laughs> called Bridal Fitness Coach. Here's what she does. I'll let you in. I can tell you're on the edge of your seat. You want to know about this. A little bit. Okay. What she does is she takes the brides. And she gets them ready because they get the dress. And something goes on with women where they don't get the dress that fits. They get the dress they want to fit. We get suits. We don't put it on and go, oh, it's tight. This will be great. No, we get, in fact, we get it with a little baggy so we got room to grow. Yeah. But women go in the other direction. And that's where Bridal Fitness Coach comes in. She gets them on a uh, regimen. It's about making a commitment to their health and their well-being. But not just for the wedding. I mean, that's important because that, that's, the, that's the first goal. But then it's for the rest of their life because they get into how to, the, the nutrition portion, they get into the, having regular exercise, and they have a fit life. And that's what she's going for. At least that's what it says right here on the advertising copy. And with Bridal Fitness, she provides a tailor-made fitness program, unlike the dress. And it's, uh, it fits the goals, whatever their goals are. She custom makes it for them. Also, their time frame. Let's say they're not having their wedding for two more years. And really, come on. If the guy says, I want to marry you, but not for two years, come on. Really? Is it really going to last? I don't think so. But at least you look good for the pictures and in the dress. But, or it could be like two months. She's had people come that late, you know, before the wedding. She comes in. She gets them into shape. They're happy and they're, they look great. Anyway, so she, she'll, she'll train them. She'll train the, the bride. She also will train the bridal party. And she'll even train the groom. So while it is called Bridal Fitness Coach, she's all-inclusive. Like the Republican Party. She doesn't discriminate. Yes. But what I'm saying is, she's a very good trainer. So here's what you do. You schedule a free consultation at bridalfitnesscoach.com, or you can call 415-317-6827. Do you remember what I said? No, you don't. That's why I repeat it. 415-317-6827. Bridal Fitness Coach. Make a commitment. All right. You sure you're okay over there? All right. Good. You know, we're going to have you guys. Why don't we do this? Yeah. If you guys would like to sit in. We, and if you can, you know, you know, know your know your place as women, you yeah. know, keep it zipped. Yeah. You, you, would you like to come sit, get a little closer with the microphone and sit in with the... Uh, would you like to do that? Maybe have the four of us have a nice little conversation as you uh, fill us in on some of the uh, your exploits? I would not mind at all. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, so what we've done here, we've, we've resettled up. We've brought in... Uh, Susie L., who's been a, a guest host before, a, 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 a guest co-host before. Greetings. And, and, okay, that's good. That's us right now. <laughs> Sorry. And we have another member of the throng we thought we'd throw in. We've done this before. Oh, we got to give her a... We've had member Fancy Nancy. We pulled her right out of the audience and made her... Not only the... She was the, uh, she was the guest one night we had. She was just in the audience. We said, let's make you the guest. And we pulled her out of the seat, and it was a very popular episode. So that could be you. You could be made a star tonight. She could be the new Fancy Nancy. Shall we just call you Mo? Sure. Okay. Actually, I don't think she's going to be a star. No. no, I'm thinking about it. I'll work on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so here's what we've got going. This is very comfy, very cozy. Um, I first came across you, Ryan, uh, during the North Face commercial stuff. Now, we're going to end on that, the North Face thing, but this is what I like to do. I like to go to the end plant the seed, and then come on back. So tell us very quickly, 
not just how did you get involved with that North Face commercial? Uh, so North Face actually contracted a media company called Common Thread uh, to reach out to certain people um, and uh, get them on board for this project. So I got an email from Common Thread a um, couple months before the filming date, and uh, we just scheduled and set up for it. But um, I think they, uh, Evan had a friend at uh, North Face. Evan Thompson? Yeah, mm-hmm. that eventually um, sort of, you know, put his name in, and then they contacted uh, Evan to find other people that might be, you know, good for it. So he brought me on and then tried to get another one of his friends, but they picked a different person. Okay. So now we know who Ryan is, kind of. Actually, we don't have a lot. We've got enough to keep the plot going. Definitely. Now we're going to start filling things in. So, Ryan, where were you born? I was born in Petaluma, California. Petaluma, California. Never heard of it. Home of the cheese log. <laughs> City of lights. Actually, it's home of the chickens, isn't it? It's yeah. the scent of cows. And the wrist wrestling championship. Yeah, that, uh, that was held there, I think, like in what, in the 80s or something? Yeah, you know, I was in a movie about it once. Were you? I was. Down really? At, I was. At uh, Petaluma Fairgrounds, there was a big pavilion. I don't know if it's still there, but they shot a movie. It was with... The guy who drove the yellow coupe in American Graffiti, and no Molly idea. Ringwald played his daughter, and the bad guy was John Matuzak. No, no idea who that is. And they had a big scene with the big championship thing, and it was got something in the kid, I think it was called. And I was in the and Esther Roll was in it because at lunchtime I had lunch with Esther Roll. Do you know who Esther Roll is? No idea. <laughs> I'd be really impressed. If, I have no idea. <laughs> you guys never saw Good Times? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah Florida okay. from Florida. Good Times. Okay. Oh, James. Yes. Anyway, so that's who I had lunch with, Esther Roll, who I'm sure was, you know, I, she's a thespian. I'm sure she was really excited to be in the arm wrestling movie. But, uh, yeah, I was just and having lunch with SK I was child. The, I was, yeah, I was about ah, 14, I guess. And uh, I was just in the audience, one of the people in the audience. But that was the movie I was in. Nice. They recorded American Graffiti there, too, didn't they? They did. They did American Graffiti right on Petaluma Boulevard over by the scene where the cop car pulls out and the axle comes off. That was in the parking lot right next to old Chicago Pizza. Yeah, McNear's. Yeah, McNear's. The big car accident at the end is uh, right out on Freitas Road next to Casa. Exactly, yeah, Yeah. which is where you went to high school. (laughs) It was. Yeah. You know who who else went to high school there? SK. Mr. SK Morton graduated from Casa Grande High School. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and we have another member of the audience who went to Casa Grande. When did you graduate? Um, I'd rather not say. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you have a Mr. D'Angelo? D'Angelo, yeah, I had him when I was a sophomore. Yeah. What did he teach? Uh, English, yeah. Mm. He always had what he called Fun Fridays, where essentially we wouldn't do any work, and he would just show us a bunch of like videos of like random stuff. And one of them, I think, was a clip from Bowling for Columbine, where this dude's just pulling like fifty guns out of his pants to show how easy it is to conceal weapons. And was this an instruction vi- instructional yeah, video? I mean, he just showed, like, we literally did no work on Fridays, and he just showed us a bunch of random stuff. And then How it was to like, store guns on your person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, one day we just watched, like, Fantasia 2000, and, like, it was just a bunch was of random any stuff. Good? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure, like, a lot of kids were just sleeping through it, but yeah. that's what most people did on fun Fridays. <laughs> I wish I knew what the staff was when you guys were there, and I can go, oh, I remember they were there, they were there, they were there. Should have brought in my yearbook. Yeah. We should, yeah. Well, we're going to have you back. You bring it in. I'll sign it for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so we went to Casa. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a, I think we talked a little bit before the show. I'm not a giant fan of Petaluma. <laughs> it's hot. I can't imagine why. It's windy. It smells of I was I was ripped from being down here and sent up there to the chicken <laughs> capital of the world, where at the time, you might know, on the 
east side of Eli Boulevard is houses now. Mm-hmm. Shelter Hills and East Village and all that kind of stuff. At least that's what it was called when I built it. <laughs> that was I, I was I was a carpenter. I actually built those houses. Uh, when we moved there, it was just cows. Mm-hmm. It was dairies and cows. And, oh, God, it smelled so bad. It was hot, smelly wind is what Petaluma was. Now, it still smells like that. Yeah, because, and then the river goes down, and, uh, and there's nothing there. If you, I wanted to buy a typewriter once. Huh? That's an old-fashioned sentence. I wanted to buy a typewriter. I had to go to Santa Rosa to find it because they didn't have anything they didn't have in Petaluma. Anyway, I'm not a fan of the Petaluma. However, we're simpatico with a couple of things. Not only did we go to the same high school. But this is where I, this is a surprise. When I was a teenager, you know what we used to do for fun? What's that? We used to go underground. Yeah? The storm drains in Petaluma over on the west side. We used to hang around down there and explore them. And I lost a shoe in the muck going out toward the river. On one of the, so you did that stuff? Yeah, I've been down there many times. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought, oh, I should find the pictures I have for it. Um, yeah, so now when did it... With what you do, did it start when you? When did it start for you? At what age was it? In high school? Was it before that? Or um, so sort of like I know uh, incorporating more like urban settings into my photography sort of mm-hmm. started after high school um, when I started going to flask mobs and like being introduced to that sort of community because I would go out and like you know it was new to me and people would be like oh I have this really cool spot that we can go to and then as it kind of like progressed like I started finding stuff like that in Petaluma although there were kids that I went to high school with that went down there when we were uh, in high school yeah but I had never like heard about them until after oh really so you didn't do it when you were in high school you did it afterward yeah when I was like 19 oh okay so I'm trying to remember what street it was on McNear Elementary there's definitely one entrance on G Street <laughs> that's the one that was the one on G Street we'd go you go down it's yeah 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 I'm trying, boy, it's been a long time. Yeah. I remember there was a friend of mine. In fact, I had tra- he's an author, and, uh, and I was actually trying to get him down here tonight. He and I were the first ones of our group of friends to go down and do that. And then we started bringing other friends. But we weren't trying to do, well, I, <laughs> we weren't trying to get in any trouble. We weren't trying to cause, we were just wanted to explore. We just wanted to see what it was like down there. But then I started getting an idea because that's not too far from Western Avenue, which had a Wells Fargo on it. And I thought, we could go under this, dr- go drill down underneath it, come up <laughs> underneath the thing. So I had bad intentions. But everyone else just wanted to have fun. And those same nights we would, like, hop on a train you know, and try to see where that was going to go or we'd jump a fence. And we did climb. That's, there's a school. There's an elementary school over by there, by that one on G Street. And... One night we just decided to climb up on the roof and we were watching TV and these people's through these people's windows from the roof of the school. <laughs> and then we saw the uh, we saw the police come up and we all just jumped. And I think that we jumped off the roof of the school, hit the ground and kept running. If I did that now, my ankles would go up into my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even think about it without getting a tingle up my Eat spine. Yeah, but yeah, at that time, but uh, so we just did it for fun. We weren't, we never caused any problem. We never did any graffiti, never broke anything. But that was a fun thing until finally my friend's dad followed us one night and he was a little nuts. So we're all down in the tunnels one night and we hear noise coming and we think maybe some other guys, we don't know what's going to happen. And here he shows up. This is this guy. Of course, we thought he was old at the time. He's probably 40. But yeah. he's done up with like a, a Rambo bandana on. He's got two machetes in his belt. <laughs> and we're like, oh, you gave away our spot. So that was the last time we went down there. Got it. Yeah. So It's always interesting when you're like down in like a dark place like that and you start hearing people come. Yeah. And you just have no idea what to expect. Exactly. So have you, have you had any bad run-ins? 
Uh, not necessarily bad ones. I've definitely been in like certain abandoned like buildings that are like graffiti yards where like certain graffiti artists aren't too happy that photographers are in there. Oh, how come? Um, they feel that like we kind of like quote unquote blow up the spot, like make it, uh, you know, kind of like more well known and like, I know, eventually like hot. So like police start like realizing that people go in there. Well, but what if you're not telling people where you, where it is? You're just taking a picture of the graffiti. I would think they would like that. So, I mean, like me personally and like my friend group, we're definitely like that. You know, we keep it very subtle. We don't very, I mean, like there's like a few people that we know that we can tell that won't spread it to anybody. Um, but there are people that, you know, show people that end up showing 50 more people that location. Yeah. And sure. it just, you know, it is a, you know. But yeah, you can trust effect. me though. <laughs> A lot of the spots have gotten torn down. Um, There was quite a few over on Treasure Island that since like recent Mm -hmm. developments and how they're, you know, going to keep, you know, upping that whole uh, island. uh, A lot of spots have gotten torn down. Well, one of them um, was uh, Coson Hall. Yeah, there's like, I know there's different names. So one of them I think was called Sage Hall. Oh, maybe it was, well, it was the one that has the, the radius of, of winged buildings going wings. out from the center there. Yeah, there was two of those. Yeah. I went in there once. Actually, I've spent a lot of time uh, exploring Treasure Island because no one bothers you when you do. You can go to a lot of places and because, you know, they're not going in there. They don't want to get radioactive. Yeah. So they'll let you, yeah, fine, go ahead in there, glowing boy. But um, the new span of the Bay Bridge, there was a crane above it at one point. Yeah. Was that you on that in that picture? Uh, that crane? was actually a picture I took of my buddy. Oh, it was your buddy? Yeah, you're like, hey, go out there. No, go out farther. Go out farther. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of like leaned off the edge a little bit. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. You ever, ever think about how bad you're going to feel when one of you dies? Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely in the back of your mind a little bit, but yeah. I mean. How'd you get up there? Can you uh, say? Yeah. So, I mean, it's completely gone now, but um, basically what we did on that one was you uh went on to yerba buena island which Uh is just the top where the coast guard base is and we parked up there and then you walk down the road into the construction site that was under the bridge where they're like building up all the platforms for like the exit that they just opened and you had to actually walk down to the water to where uh there was like a you know one of the concrete spans that held up the bridge Mm -hmm. and on the inside of that there was a scaffolding that went up so if you go down to the water, you got you had to hop like a fifteen foot wooden fence that you know was paneled around that that had a door, but it was locked. So you had to like you know pull a barrel over and hop onto that and go up the scaffolding, uh-huh. like quietly, like a metal uh, staircases because there was security around. And then once you got on the bridge, um, actually went up there twice. Uh, the first time I just went onto the actual bridge, but the second time I saw that they actually built a platform from the bridge over to the crane. Uh huh. So my buddy Max was in town. They took him up there. Wow. Yeah. That was a great shot. I love that shot. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, we did nothing like that, but I did get a, up at the top of the of Yerba Buena. There's a fence that goes around that had a hole in it, and Babette and I were out just driving around one day. And we saw that we went through the hole, and we got a really good shot of the old span. It was right before they were going to start taking it down, and so we felt like we were you know living on the edge there. Yeah. But remember, we're in our 40s, so we were living on the edge. We trip, we're going to break a hip. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely a pretty popular spot, the hole in the fence where you could take the picture of the new and the old bridges going parallel to each other. I thought we were special. Thanks. (laughs) It's all fenced off now. There's nothing I can say that's going to make him go, oh, yeah, I was dangling by my belt uh, from a a crane 50 feet in the air. I don't do any of that. (laughs) Did you ever go out on on ledges on buildings, though? Yeah, definitely. Do you have any sort of safety, like you're tied off or anything like that, or you're just... Not at all. Because every once in a like once a month, I'll see on Facebook some story about, you know, people who've died taking selfies and things like that, and they're out yeah. on the edge of something, and... Whew. No? Mm-mm. You're like, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm 
uh, careful about it, but yeah. I mean, it's hard to, uh, with like certain things, especially when you're just going over to edge, like there's nothing to tie yourself off to. Yeah. Even if you did like carrying all that stuff up with all your camera gear isn't exactly like sneaky when you have to like get past security or like climb over certain things. I see. Like, I feel like you would still have the same feeling whether you had safety lines or not, you know, cause your brain doesn't like tell you, yeah, like I'm safe. Even if I fall, you know, yeah. you're still looking down, like, you know, the same way that you would be if you had a safety line. Um, but it's definitely like the thrill of it is like amazing. This right. is one of the things that North Face definitely asked us like not to say in the video. Yeah. And they cut a lot out of it. it was like anything that involved trespass, like danger, like <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> actually, doesn't it say that now in the beginning of that yeah, video? Yeah. They actually took down the website. Yeah, I, I oh, noticed wow. that, yeah. and that was something else I found because when I, I think I told you before, I was I was checking out that the North Face stuff, and it says. I forget what is it, but it's not like a regular error when you go when you click on the thing that's supposed to have it. It's like a one little sentence, like "Hey, come back some other time," or yeah. "We're worried," something like that. It's like "Sorry, page couldn't load" or something. It's not even that. It's more like a friendly little "Hey, you know, we'll mm-hmm. be back some other time." And then I clicked on a thing for um, the Suicide Club, and they had some information. And then when it says to click on the next thing. Same little thing. It's the exact same little thing. And then some of the stuff that Evans, that used to be up, that isn't up anymore, I click it. Same little thing. Weird. I think it's all a conspiracy. I think he's not letting on. I think he's doing a great job of not letting us know what he knows. You know what you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's, yeah. He's giving a little bit, giving us our little thrill, but there's a, there's a whole... He might be a lizard person, and we don't know. <laughs> or I could just be that clueless as to what North Face or what oh, type yeah. of trouble North Face got into for the whole thing. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, now, but then, of course, the, the real motivator of all this was the photography. When did you get into photography? Yeah, so um, I first started taking photos when I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the way it started was I used to go on backpacking trips with my dad in Yosemite when I was super young. Um, but each time that we did one of these like weekend or, you know, like week long backpacking trips, we would go down into the valley and stay a night and then go look at the Ansel Adams gallery and go see all these you know, giant uh, prints. So um, I was always like super interested in it, you know, just these beautiful photographs that I was all, I would always see. And uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I was taking an art class mm-hmm. and a week before we were signing up for classes for our sophomore year. Uh, the photography teacher at Casa Grande came into our class and kind of like pitched, you know, the, the idea of it to uh, try and get more people to sign up. And it uh, was a film photography program. So oh. I was like, you know, from that especially, I was like super interested in it. Yeah. So I decided to give it a chance. And since then, I haven't turned back. So it's probably been about seven years now. And then it definitely uh, the city like shaped the way that I take photos now. Yeah. How so? Photography can be a very like introverted or extroverted thing. And I feel like um at this point in my life like the more like extroverted side of it like being around people and like documenting sort of life mm-hmm. has been more interesting to me yeah i've seen quite a bit of your stuff it's it's really cool appreciate that yeah uh, w- one last question on that <laughs> did you develop your own film did you use film at the time you learned to develop yeah is that a skill that's still needed is that like cursive I think that, uh, so cursive, I don't think is necessary. Um, but film, I think is definitely something that any good photographer should know how to do. And like with developing, um, I think it teaches you patience. Oh, so it's not necessarily there's particular techniques that, that translate. It definitely helps you understand a lot of fundamentals of photography. Uh, so 
starting on film also teaches you uh, sort of like how to take a good photo because when you're limited to 24 shots right, per roll, exactly. it definitely makes you think about, hey, is this, you know, going to be a good exposure? Like, you know, am I, is, am I composing this shot well? Like you actually have to think about, you know, what you're doing a little bit more. Right. It's like the same thing with, you know, having like iPhones. It's like there's just so many choices or, you know, like if you're at a, you know, a food place, it's like you can't decide on what you want. But with film... Like, you get down, you develop your role, and it's like, okay, this is what I have. Like, there's no changing it. Yeah, yeah. So then what was your next step in photography? Where, where was the next thing you went? And, how, you know, as you're evolving to what, the kind of stuff you do now, what was the next step? Was it something like, oh, I don't know, maybe you go to the Red Headlands or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Nice> so, segue. <laughs> <laughs> so one night, uh, me and my buddies were yeah, I've heard it. in Petaluma. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out in Petaluma, and we were a little bored, so we just decided to go to the Shocking. Marin Headlands to uh, you know go look at the bridge and kind of hang out. And I was taking some photos. Um, <clears throat> met another photographer uh, there that I ended up networking with and becoming friends with who uh, invited me out to an event called Flask Mob that, in turn, you know, one of my close friends now, Evan, right. uh, started. And it kind of introduced me to the community around photography, like within Instagram um, in San Francisco. Okay. So you're coming down there, and you're coming down pretty regularly now. Um, what was the first stuff you started taking pictures of in the city, more of an urban environment? It was on the streets, but I'd say mostly, like, cityscapes mm-hmm. was, like, exactly what it... I mean, like, it was always... Uh, I'd say we would go on Instagram and look at, you know, like what photos got posted on Flask Mob and like certain other feature pages and we would try and emulate them because, you know, it was something that we were interested in. So like emulating other people's art was uh-huh. something that kind of like taught us how to incorporate our own uh, like vision into it. Was there stuff that you saw and you had to figure out how it was done? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So then at some point, so you're walking around the streets, you're getting cool shots. What, what was your favorite areas you'd like to go to to take street shots yes i mean we spent a lot of time around the embarcadero center um we spent a lot of time just anywhere in the financial district you know decent amount in chinatown um a lot of walking around yeah miles and miles but at some point you get off the street and you start going up yeah okay so tell us about that um so i mean we would see certain uh you know shots from like rooftops and like you know some of them like we knew exactly where they were but other ones we just had no idea so you know you're walking around looking up and like saying like okay it kind of looks like he's you know looking down this street like let's try and get up there um and then other times you know we're walking around and we see you know an opportunity to get onto something so we would you know just kind of take a risk and i mean sometimes pays off sometimes doesn't uh there's plenty of times where we'd go up you know 30, 40 flights of stairs to the top of a hotel and the, you know, uh, hatch to the roof is uh-huh. locked. So then we just had to go down and, you know, go look for something else. So you go like right through the lobby? Yeah. Most and, of the time. And you just look like you're supposed to be there? Um, we got better at that. Yeah. <laughs> First coming out, you know, we have like our camera bags with our tripod strapped on the back and, you know, like just super obvious. We're, but... not, we're not taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. Eventually kind of like realized that like, you know, we could like upgrade to certain gear that's a little bit more like it has better functionality for it. So, I mean, having tripods that fit into your camera bag, obviously, you know, like being a little bit more well behaved when walking through a lobby with a bunch of business people, right. like, I know, just trying to like look like you fit in a little bit more. So you're doing it all times of day, nighttime, daytime, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, which ones have the best bathrooms? 
Best bathrooms. Uh, it used to be the Mandarin Oriental. Now it's the Lowe's oh, Regency. Yeah. Super oh, nice bathrooms. Lowe's Regency. Okay. Yeah. My mom used to work there. So, oh, did she? Yeah. So, I mean, when we first started coming out, I was like, hey, guys, like they have these cool sky decks, you know, from like yeah, 430 the, yeah. to 45. Yeah. I um, used to sneak up there to get pictures. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, I mean, a couple of my buddies have gotten up on the roof of that. Wow. You mean up with the spires on the two mm-hmm. different sides? Yeah. I tried getting out on the deck once. Was it on the 40th floor? Has the deck? Yeah, where the suite is. The doors are always locked. Uh-huh. So, what do I do about that? Um, <laughs> it's Come not on. a question for me. <laughs> Have you ever been out on the deck? Mm-hmm. So now, would you go up there and then like scout out places you wanted to go to, like from up there, look around the city, and not from that rooftop? I mean, no. not from those sky decks, anyways. No. Oh, should have had me with you. It would have been my great idea. What about like the latches? Like if they're self locking? Like have you ever gotten locked out, or do you like how do you how do you handle that? Funny story. So um, that would that, that only... in itself would scare me. Not not just being up, you know, however many flights of stairs. You did a good but... job setting them up for the story that we lost before. But now we can yeah, let's yeah. see what he has to say. So um, <laughs> I've only been locked on a rooftop one time, uh, and what it was was we were walking down some alleyway over uh, I want to say in Soma somewhere, and we saw some guy like that was bringing out some trash, like leave the door open with a soda can or something. So we just kind of, you know, like snuck in and like went up the stairs and like, we're probably two flights up and he comes back and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And we're like, Oh, we're just going up to our friend's apartment. And we're walking up and we're realizing that there's no floors. It's just a staircase. And we're like, Oh, this is not good. <laughs> like we go up and, you know, like, you know, put a rock or something in the door and like, we're taking photos and we go back like five minutes later and the dude had came up and pulled the rock Just out and shut the you. door. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So we go over to the other side of the roof and start going down the fire escape. And like, you know, we get to the like the actual platform, like probably 15 feet up from the street and realize that, you know, like we're actually going to have to release the fire escape. Did you do that? Yeah. Oh my oh, wow. God. But there was, I mean, it had probably. That's the story I was looking for. Yeah. It yeah. had probably never been released uh, because like there was like a tie around the latch and we actually had to like, and it was all rusty, but we had to do that. And like the moment that we released the handle, it just started going and yeah. wow. I actually like uh, had a crazy bruise across my hand from the like handle flipping and just smacking me. Was this a day or nighttime? This was at like 2 a.m. When that happened, how long had you been doing it? Uh, going up on like rooftops? Yeah. I don't know, probably like six months. Yeah. It was definitely a first experience and only experience so far, luckily. <laughs> so drop the deets on me about actually being on the roof of the Hyatt. Yeah, so um, the Hyatt's pretty cool. Uh, it has a restaurant that I haven't been into. My friends have one time somebody was like, hey, do you guys want to go up there? And like they went up there and there's these like crazy massage chairs that they were telling me about that oh, they really? were sitting in. Um, but yeah, I went up on the rooftop one time, uh, had to just like stick our shoes in the door so we wouldn't get locked out. Um, so as long as no one pulls your stuff out, you're good. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really amazing view down Market Street that uh, we were taking pictures of. Yeah. So you're, how long How long you were going up? Now, how long before you start going down, as in under the, under the streets? Yeah, so <clears throat> probably like a year after I started going to the city when like, you know, most of the rooftops started getting like really well known and like a lot of people were going up on them. People started looking for different things. And one of the first people that I saw do that was my buddy Evan. Um, so the first spot that I found by myself, me and my buddies, uh, were picking up my friend from Laguna Niguel that, uh, I went up on the Bay Bridge crane with, and, uh, we were just driving downtown, got kind of lost and ended up finding a muni tunnel that was a part of the North Face project. Oh, okay. And yeah. that, that was, 
was that, that was the one that we, I've seen the short version, or was that in a different? That was the one that we can't see now. Um, I mean, I'm sure that they had a small clip of it in yeah. the short version. I think they had like a small clip from all five spots, but uh, you definitely haven't seen the full one. Uh huh. So any way I can? Yeah, definitely. All I'll right. send you a link. Um, <laughs> what's funny is, uh, so North Face contracted Common Thread, and then Common Thread contracted uh, get these guys' name or their company is called Hype Media. It's Ian and Alessandro to film the project. Uh-huh. Um, so Ian and Alessandro shot it and edited it and everything, and they delivered the first uh, cut to North Face and sent those to us. Uh-huh. And then we saw what they posted on the website. North Face made them cut so much out oh, of yeah? it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's funny. <laughs> I have, like, the first cuts of them. <laughs> so now that was an active tunnel yes. that you went into. That was an active muni tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I think I had asked before, uh, how dangerous is that? Not at all. Not at all. You're not, like, in a space between the wall and the train that I would be too fat for. No, I mean, so that tunnel and both the tunnels that were in that project um, are both at least like 25 feet wide with like two tracks running up it. So it's not like it's like one train and, you know, you're getting sucked in or anything. It's like the Muni one's going 30 miles an hour. Yeah. So you're not uh, worried about getting electrocuted because that's what all the all the um, safety signs say. Like, if... well, that's on Bart. Oh, it's Bart. Yeah, because okay, the, yeah, the these, one, these ones don't have the third <laughs> yeah, rail. Yeah, but they still yeah. make okay. a big hoopla about like, like oh, nobody hoop- down hoop- here hoop- is gonna ruin everything. It's yeah. gonna shut down the trains, and you know somebody's gonna get hurt because they're gonna have to slam on the brakes. Yeah, none of these trains have ever stopped. You know, the muni drivers look at us like, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, why are people down here? But um, kind of rolling their eyes at you, like, oh boy. Yeah, it's yeah. just kids. You know. So what you're saying is you're going on the record as saying Muni as an organization is filled with filthy liars. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I just want to understand that. Um, obviously, it's like San Francisco police that end up, you know, actually seeing you in the tunnel if they ever catch you, but uh, it's... What do I they mean, do? Have you had the police find you in the tunnels? There's been one time where I was in, you know, that specific tunnel and, like, the police rolled up into that park over there, um, and they just kind of were like what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're taking photos, you know? And I feel like they can kind of appreciate that kids are out there doing something constructive rather than uh-huh. destructive, you know, like graffiti. That is a very... Can I use that someday? That's a great line. Dude, <laughs> yeah. take it. It's all yours. You can use it in a couple of weeks. Don't you have somebody from uh, that's doing the voice of Muni coming in soon? Yeah, but I figured... I'm just still frustrated that I lost the boat thing. I appreciate you helping. Oh, trying, helping. Yes. You're doing trying. a great job. I'm just sitting there going, God, the boat thing was Yeah, awesome. we're all taking all of our material oh, from SK. What about, <laughs> what about the, so that's like the, the regular stations, but what about like, are there abandoned ones? Ooh, yeah, yeah, like I know that one in Eureka Valley. <laughs> oh, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell them about Eureka Valley. Oh, okay, Eureka Valley. It's abandoned. That's all I know. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I haven't been down that one, but obviously you saw that uh, like article from Evan talking about uh, a lot of like the abandoned. Oh, that's why I brought that up. Yeah, because they said in the he said in the article that they hid behind a bench, mm-hmm. and so I was trying to figure out. Did I do something? No, it was me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, if the if the drivers don't really make a big deal when they see you, why would he have hidden behind a bench? Yeah, so I mean that one with uh, the abandoned aspect of it. I think a big thing that they try to deter in it is uh, like urban camping like people right. homeless people living down there um as well as just them not being uh, uh upkeep yeah yeah they're not maintained do you think they worry about like liability or something oh definitely yeah. so i guess i have a question and yes. this is actually a new question okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so although it's kind of on the same the same lines of it is if they are um if they react to the way you do in the the non-abandoned tunnels um where the place they just oh okay hey you know whatever they don't do anything 
Um, you know, with these, your privilege. With your, with, your, yeah. with your white privilege, because you're a white young man. No, um, do they... Do they have an issue with you being in those abandoned tunnels? Would you get it get into more trouble in an abandoned tunnel as opposed to a non-abandoned one? Or I've never been caught in one. Yeah, he hopes to never oh, okay, find okay. out. The so, answer to so that. we'll just say we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now here's the thing: I've done research on that, partic- specifically the Eureka Valley Station. I figure, and I don't know. You tell me: is that kind of a starter point? Let's say I was going to get into this kind of stuff, not necessarily the photography, but finding these mm-hmm. these abandoned tunnels or or any any of these spots. Would um, that be one of the starter ones? Because I've found, and I'm not going to say where it is, but I found the entrance. Yeah. I've done research. Also, incidentally, I found the, um, uh, not Pixie. What's the word I'm looking for? Fairy. I found the fairy door in uh, Golden Gate Park. Oh, right. Yeah. right. yeah, yeah, the little fairy door. Yeah, yeah, so I'm good at finding things. Lose your keys. Go ahead. Try to lose your keys. I'll find them. Already did. Oh. Is this like the Star Sorry, Wars trivia you. that you oh, always win? Yeah, that's right. No, but so what I'm saying is I I know about the entrance. There's a street level entrance. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? Yes. So so, so am I? Is, am I still in like the you know freshman area? Am I a rookie with this kind of the knowledge, or is that something? So I mean, obviously you know, I mean you've done your research. That's mm-hmm. what most people do, and you yeah. know what we did. I mean, it's always good to do your research about you know certain spots that you're going to to make sure that you know you know what could happen or you know what type of things you may encounter. Um, but that's definitely not like one of the easier ones to get into. Like just in terms of what I've heard from people right. that have been yeah. down there. Well, if it's if we're talking, if his article was talking about that one. He said he had to, he couldn't get it from that access that I'm I'm aware of. Got it. Uh, it sounded like he jumped some fences and mine would have been a different way in. So uh, maybe um, or, or we're not maybe talking about Maybe you know the same hidden thing. gem that nobody <laughs> <laughs> So let me throw a couple things at you and see if you've been there. Now, the first two we've like we said this is we're recovering stuff here. The first two we kind of talked about and um, we also talked about Pier 70 and you said that was kind of straightforward or were you saying that um, uh, Bayshore Roundhouse was more straightforward. Bayshore Roundhouse yeah. is pretty straightforward. So is, that's that is like a rookie spot, huh? Yeah. And is there a lot of graffiti there? Yeah, there's a decent amount. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty easy to get to, honestly. Uh, I'm not sure if there's like a different way that most people go, but there's like like a lumber yard or like something yeah. right next to it, and we just walked in their driveway into it. Yeah. Um, nobody gave us a hard time at all. Isn't that you know, not unlike Treasure Island? Isn't that like filled with toxic? It's got chemicals and stuff in there. That's why it's not developed. It's possible. Yeah. All right. Just letting you know. Yeah. I mean, it's... Scrub. That's all I'm saying when you take your shower, scrub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, a lot of these spots, uh, I feel like you need to have a lot of exposure to these things to actually, like, start developing stuff. And it's like, we're all going to die someday. (laughs) Well, some of us climbing grain. Um, So now, if I were to give you some hints, you don't necessarily need to tell me where those places are or what they are, but just tell me whether you know about them, if you've experienced them, if you have any stories. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so this says it's a, well, I think this is the one. This was from uh, Evan's article. It says somewhere along Market Street, um, Old Muni Station, Hopping Fence, running alongside the J, which the J, doesn't the J go toward Balboa Park? Doesn't it break off? The the J goes, um, I think that's the one that goes down church. Okay. The J, the J Church. So that would be that's probably that probably is the Eureka Valley Station, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd imagine so. Um, here's one. So I'm not gonna. You don't have to tell me what it is or where it is, but if you've been there in any stories, uh, somewhere north of Civic Center, built in early 1900s, this tunnel used to transport soldiers and materials, but.
but closed its gates in 1990. Standing between you and the photos are 20-foot gates, and your fear of descending in it, you know, that you're not. <laughs> it's got your a head. very yeah. sly smile. How, how many times have you been there? Uh, probably like five. So for Evan's 25th birthday, we brought in like a poker table and a bunch of oh, food really? and beers oh, and stuff wow. and played poker down there. And uh, the, we just had a little lantern. <laughs> yeah. Are you willing to say how far north of Civic Center? He may have misled people a little bit. Okay. Mm. So it's quite a bit north of Civic Center. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think cuz I I don't know where it is, but I know there's some stuff around. Have you heard of uh and and we did we talk earlier? I think you and I off off the show, we were talking about um uh Sierra Hartman. Um I've talked a little bit with him. We've been in communication email-wise. And um he did an a photo uh article, I guess a photo essay they call it, about the coal mine out at Land's End. Uh you're familiar with that one? Familiar, I've never been there. Yeah. That's kind of, you only have so much time during the year to get in there. Cause yeah, the, the tides the way, are pretty crazy. Tides, yeah. So uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, so yeah. I know why I brought that up. You might know why I brought that up too. Okay, anyway, um, here's another one. It just says question marks. And it says, can you believe this is an SF? I spent three years looking for this cave and it lived up to the hype. If you aren't terrified of, or run, of running waist deep in freezing cold water and nothing but darkness, you're, you're nodding again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You have any stories of that one? Um, so I've never actually been into it. I've tried, but uh-huh. the, we got there at like a poor time, so the tide was coming up and we couldn't uh, get in. And that's not the coal mine? No, it's a different okay. spot. All right. Uh, here's uh, somewhere in Soma. Running directly. Now, this has given quite a bit of information. Running directly under 4th Street towards Market, a storm drain filled this sewer line with hundreds of needles. Uh, and he says, and the smell brought grown men to their knees. Hmm. It's not ringing a bell. No, nah, that might be Petaluma. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that one. Um, yeah, I don't know about needles. Okay. Somewhere south of the sunset, which is alliteration, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, through the smallest hole in the world lies a piece of history that se- he's not in again. <laughs> seemed to be untouched since the early 90s. It's reinforced concrete passageway littered with racist graffiti. That explains it with his yeah, know, yeah. Being, <laughs> being a honky and all. Was originally constructed in the mid-1900s. Our entry picked... Okay, now, I'm, it says somewhere south of the sunset. I'm going to go out on a, uh, on here. This is not talking about the uh, batteries set up along, like, Devil Slide and everything, right? Devil Slide is pretty far south. No, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, 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 it's still within city, it city limits. Is... Yeah. Oh, okay. So do you have any stories about this particular place? Yeah, I've been down there probably three times or so. Uh-huh. Um, one of the cooler things that I've done down there is just, like, we brought road flares. So, I mean, there's, like, these really awesome... Uh, there's, like, a lot of divided, like, rooms. Uh-huh. And uh, some of them aren't, like, they have windows with just bars, so we'll just, like, put flares up into the back and get some cool shots, like, oh. that are backlit. Um, so, we've seen your pictures for some of these places, right? Definitely. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. You're never going to tell me any more than this, <laughs> are you? <laughs> if I lose weight? Um, I think that one actually might be boarded up now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I have a hammer. <laughs> I mean, so the entrance was metal, and I think yeah. they actually, like, welded it shut. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like somebody had, like, had a welding torch and like cut a hole in the uh the metal and that's what you went through oh it's so probably like i know like probably 
an extra like six inches on each side of this to oh, get there. You gotta get through that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and I then lose it's like, a lot of weight. It's like four feet down in. Yeah. Wow. And you went down there several times. Yeah. Wow. Now, when you were doing those, these last few we talked about, how many are with you at that time? I would imagine you don't want too many people at once. There's only like three other people. Yeah. 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 And that's like, I mean, so that spot's pretty far out there. Like you're not going to, you know, run into people out there at night. Um, So we just, you know, with that, it's like, I mean, there's certain areas that obviously like I'd only really go into with one other person because, you know, it's like easier to keep track and like you know, be vigilant to certain things when you don't have to, you know, keep tabs on a bunch of different things like moving objects. So, so how do you, have you ever trusted somebody and then it turned back, turned out to bite you in the butt? Not at all. No. So how how do you, how do you know you can trust people? I think you just have a gut feeling. Well, you're on this show. That doesn't prove much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, okay. So altogether, how large would you say in San Francisco the community is of people who do this? Honestly, there's so much of it that don't have an online presence that it's hard to, like, keep tabs on. Like, yeah. there's so many people that, you know, barely, uh, you know, have, like, an Instagram even for, like, their own personal stuff rather than just, like, their photography or just going down into these spots. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, hard to bring up a number, but I'd say it's easily in the, you know, like, mid-hundreds. Yeah. Have you ever run across somebody else doing something at the same spot as you? Yeah, that definitely. wasn't part of your group? Yeah. That you didn't know? Many times. Yeah. And you're still, well, I guess they're, they've got the same interest in keeping it secret that you do. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately. at least you, that's the most you can hope for. Yeah. Is that people, you know, are interested in keeping it uh, a little secret so that, you know, it can stay a spot forever. Right. So now, what, like you said, there was the, the, the last one we talked about, you had the hole that you could get through and it got, they put a new plate over it. What do you think, or maybe you know, is the impetus for that? Why would the authorities pick that one to close up, but the other spots not so much? Or is it the other spots you have to do more trespassing? I think it's finding people down there at certain times. Uh-huh. Um, I think they caught a lot of people at that spot, and that's why they decided to board it up, because uh-huh. that, um, I know the police, like, just obviously, like, back towards, like, liability issues, having people down in, like, an old World War II bunker. Right isn't like something that they're like super stoked on. Yeah. Now that raises an interesting point. The uh, World War II bunker. Um now you and, and the suicide club. Do you know if you were let's put it this way. If you were a member of the suicide club, could you tell us? I have no idea. I haven't researched them that no, much. That sounds like something oh. someone in the suicide club would say. <laughs> no affiliation. So do you know if you've ever hung out with anyone who's in the suicide club? I have not. You you know you haven't? Um, I wouldn't say that I know that I haven't. But you don't know a whole lot. I'm going to take you at your word. I only know of one person that's actually in it or was in it. And that's, uh-huh. you know, the guy that started it, John Law. Like, I know of right. him, never met him. Yeah. Um, but... Well, when we, if we can get them, we're gonna we'll get you back. You come back for that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll just keep doing these shows till I have all of you in here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I was gonna ask about that. John Law, uh, I know, actually did a uh, pseudo documentary. The History Channel had a had a series called Underground Worlds or Underworld or something like that, and he they came out here, and John and a couple others from the Suicide Club put. It looked like little mini bras over the guys' faces. And they took the cameras, and they did show them driving. They showed them driving down uh, Geary and then highway, the Great Highway, you know, going south. And I'm like, that's not where they're going. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know that's not where they're going. But they didn't, there was a, they were going into this one bunker, they showed the entrance, not how to get the entrance or where it was, but they just showed it was like, it looked like like a piece of, piece of flat rock and then some dirt dug away underneath it and they all had to slide down in there. They still had stuff on their faces when the crew went down into that thing and they took it off after they were in there. Um, but it looked like if you were to look peer down through there, you wouldn't even see the entrance. It's like they went down one way and then turned behind another rock or a concrete bulkhead or something and then dropped down into it. A, do you know what I'm talking about? No idea. Okay. And two, um, John Law was the guy who, who was doing that. And um, I think he had done something with uh, Evan. Um I believe Evans met him, but I don't know if don't they've ever they've done, done like together. a project or anything no. together. But uh, he and Sierra have done projects together. Um, I've actually never met Sierra. Oh, no. So Evan is super connected. And like, yeah. I mean, I definitely, uh, you know, hear like about Sierra and like, you know, John. And I think one time Evan met him. But uh, no, I mean, I've never met like a bunch of people in yeah. that, you know, like the older part of the community. Right, right. Because you had mentioned before the different, you know, ages and things. So I was just curious. I, I hope I, didn't, I don't get you in trouble with these guys. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Okay. Because I don't want to tell I like the fact that it's secret stuff. I think you guys do some really cool stuff, especially since it isn't, like you said, like your words. It's constructive, not destructive. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's really cool stuff. And, you know, my little bit of experience when I was in high school, the stuff we did, it's fun, it's thrilling, and you get some, uh, you know, amazing photography out of it. Now, that's my last thing. Is there any, is there a market for the kind of, art the kind of photographs you get out of that type of adventuring i wouldn't necessarily say so i mean obviously um we were contacted by north face to do a project for it but i mean it's i feel like it's something that businesses are interested in you know moving towards or like trying to um have be a part of something or like you know touch uh touch base on that topic but it's like such a gray area yeah in terms of legality (laughs) yeah that's true i was thinking for these big companies back in the late 70s in new york a lot of uh uh art dealers and people that were into that started getting graffiti artists you know having them paint on canvases and things because that was the thing to do at the time so i was wondering if you guys were were in that you know boom right now where something like that could take off um, so, I mean, I'm sure that there's some people that have sold, you know, a decent amount of, you know, photos that are, um, you know, of like these abandoned buildings or something. But one thing that I've definitely learned, you know, just from like being around and uh, hearing from, you know, like an older generation of photographers, like old teachers is uh, sort of like a gray area in terms of like morality and photography where like selling work that is documenting other people's artwork in terms of graffiti oh yeah i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. it was like a yeah. kind of you know taking their artwork and yeah. using it to your advantage yeah like artistic license or right. someone else's yeah so i mean it's like yeah. it's like a really big gray area but it's definitely like sort yeah. of frowned upon what about burning down boats <laughs> I would not recommend it, no? especially historical ones. Okay. <laughs> and, and documenting it and, and uh, posting it. Yeah. And and oh that's right. We had this discussion. You had you know who the guy is, but you haven't met him. Um I I mean I saw his Instagram when yeah. the whole thing was going on, but I yeah. don't like know who he is. And and that and and he used uh they light uh 
steel wool on fire. Yeah, really fine grain steel wool. You put it in an egg whisk with like a shoelace or something attached and then you spin it. And mm. uh, as it heats up, like it gets really condensed and small pieces start flying off. And that's how you take a long exposure to get all the... Oh, so you got to be in the middle off. of that to do that. It's not like you're, you know... Yeah, you do that like over your head. and shooting it over things. No, oh, like you're okay. spinning that over your head and that's how the pieces are all flying off. Oh, uh, okay. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you do that when you were in school? Uh, not, I no. mean, in college, but yeah. not in high school. I mean, for actual projects, or or is that like not recommended by? Um, I'd say that I. I mean, I definitely showed them the photos that I like me or my buddies would take of it. Um, yeah. but I definitely didn't take it for any of my assignments. Yeah. So okay, well, I mean, this is. I think we really are just scratching the surface on this, and um, I I'm serious. I mean, I like to jack around a little bit and tease you guys, but mm-hmm. but if if I could get you, you know, you think about it a little bit about stuff and I'll continue to think about it and we'll see if we can get some other guys involved. If you would like to come back in again, I would love to make this a little series that we, we, we talk about. And as things come up, you know, uh, if you ever want to come in and just talk about stuff, the door's open for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have an okay time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the, I mean, so one thing that I don't think we'd necessarily are necessarily touched on, but something that I would like to is just like with, uh, social media having such a heavy influence on this type of photography and just exploration in general. Yeah. Um, it's just using your discretion on certain spots. You know, it's like obviously some that are blown up and that like, you know, please know that people go down into our security, like that are, you know, already kind of like blown. It's like, it's not necessarily a bad thing to, you know, put those out there right or like to share them with people so like it's using your discretion like i have a ton of spots in my arsenal that i would never show to anybody that i wouldn't trust 100 percent. yeah um and that i've never shown to anybody besides you know the time that i have like i've gone back to certain spots you know probably like dozens of times with only the people that showed me yeah never with another person so it's trying to keep these spots that are historical to san francisco and that are only now known for urban exploration to that point, like not letting it, you know, I've never posted them on Instagram, never shown them to people, like keeping those true to what they have been since, you know, John and them started it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I w- there must be a lot. There must be a lot, huh? Yeah. And, and you're doing research and you, you're, have you ever found one that no one's, or that as far as you know, someone hasn't found before? From doing research or anything? I think it's impossible to do that yeah. at this point. Okay. But there is a finite amount, of course. But uh, but there's still stuff to be found. Yeah. I'd say oh, so. That's cool. Well, I'll tell you what. When you do find one, maybe you can do it like the way Evan did with his thing, where you just give little stories about them without telling where they are and that sort of thing. And you, and you can tell us, come back and tell us about that stuff too, right? Absolutely. All right. Cool. I think I'm going to stop staring into your eyes <laughs> and we'll just end this whole thing how's that sound I left my heart in San Francisco so yeah we're going to close it up here but we do want to remind everyone about the Amazon button you might want to buy a, a Canon you might want to buy an icon. If you do, before you go to Amazon, go to skmorton.com. There's plenty of Amazon buttons littered all over the place. Click on that. takes you to Amazon. We get a little bit. Affiliate marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I buy off Amazon all the time. We'll, we'll do that. Shoot. Everyone buys off of Amazon all, all the, the time. time. You'd think I'd be making more money. Thank you to the throng that is here tonight. Thank you guys for Yay. coming in.
and being supportive. I really appreciate it. Sure. And I, and I know Ryan does, too, because he doesn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> anyway, but we also want to thank the throng that's listening. Please tell two friends about the show. Really, please do that. And Poison Two Enemies. Give us five stars on iTunes, uh, skmorton.com. Thumbs up, uh, Stitcher, and Patreon. At Facebook, friend follow SK Morton. Like SK Morton's Lousy San Francisco Walking Tour and post- Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at skmortonfunny. Email us at skmortonpodcast at gmail. Remember the Amazon button. And uh, Ryan, go to at Ryan Shearer. That's R-Y-A-N-S-C-H-E-R-E-R for Instagram. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. San Francisco Your golden sun will shine Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to do it again. What we have here is failure to communicate. Yeah, way down in the cockle area. Look, I'm always closing. I want the knife set. Oh, I'm flailing, baby. (laughs) Oh, James. That was really gross, by the way. Do you hear my saliva? This will edit nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, yes. Yeah.